Welcome to the best episode of Interior Analysis. I'm your host for this one, Jelani T. Kelly. I'm Evan Westman. I'm David Jones. And today we're talking about uh, the goat of movies ever of all time. Well, that remains to be seen with the sequel. But into uh, what is, is it? Spider Man into the Spider Verse, or is it just is it just Spider Verse? It's Spider Man. All of the above. Yeah, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Welcome. There's a lot to be discussed. There's a lot of topics. This was just some intro stuff. This was directed by Bob. Oh gosh, Persichetti. I think that looks right. That sounds right from the look of it. Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman. The writers were Phil Lord, uh, who wrote the Lego Movie and directed. I, I think I mentioned before. I mentioned at some point. One of the minds behind 21 and 22 Jump Street. He was one of the directors. Um, and written by Rodney Rothman as well. Uh, budget of 90 million, box office of 38, wait, 384.3 million. So safe to say it made its money back. And it's got a damn 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's critic score, 93% audience. But, um, pretty damn high so my introductions and reactions will just get me into my first topic which is why it's my favorite movie which i hope will lend to discussion so i'm gonna let you guys talk about your initial stuff prior to topics uh now so i remember seeing the trailer before this movie came out and i was one of the few people in my friend group who was excited for it everyone and on the internet, it was the same. Wrote this movie off when the trailer came out. And I could just tell, like, it was different. I was like, I could feel it. I was like, this is going to be something. And from the moment that movie opens, and it's just like the everything glitching and everything, and then like, wah, wah, you see Spider-Man, and you just know you're going for a ride. And that's been this movie this whole time in my life. I love it. I've seen it, like, I don't know, 30 times in various mental stages under different capacities. 30 times? Yeah, yeah. Times. I've oh. seen it, and then I've talked for like four hours afterwards with a, with like people I know. It is one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. And as far as animated films, it's in like top like at least three to five ever made animated films. Period. It changed animation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I will second you on how highly you regard it and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna one up you a little bit on animation i'm gonna say tied for best with inside out um i was wow, going back and forth crazy. personally inside out means a little bit more to me so if i had to say favorite it's inside out but it is so so closely followed by this and in terms of like what i would say best they are tied and across the spider-verse could be all in both categories like it could be my favorite animated movie it could be the best one ever we're also for context we're recording this the night before uh it comes out broadly so by the time this comes out it, yeah. whenever i get this out it'll probably have been in theaters for a little bit but none of us have seen it yet i definitely was not as excited going into this when i first heard about this i was like that sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> like that sounds like it's never gonna work i didn't even mean to see it i, I basically went by accident because like so i have three younger sisters and the middle one had like 10 friends sleeping over at one night during winter break so my mom was like all right well you three me and my other two sisters like you guys should just probably get out of the house for a bit what movies are out 
and the youngest one was like i don't know seven or eight at the time so we couldn't go see like the favorite which is probably what i would have wanted to see so i was like all right screw it let's go see spider-verse let's let's see how this is i've heard good things whatever and then it's just like you loved it more than she did yeah well okay but she really loved it too like the youngest one yeah. she i was i saw her last week and she's like i'm so hyper into the spider or across the spider-verse and i was like i know it's like ah, we, we were nerding out so hard but it's it's so insane to think of that i there was a time i thought this was going to be bad because I, I think there's maybe three or four other movies along with this that i would say are perfect and i feel okay using that word with it it's like this the prestige and the social network maybe there's one i'm forgetting but like inception no <laughs> I, no i actually i like inception better than all of those that there's a few movies that are about like all of those are in my top 15 but there are some things i like like i like tenet more than this movie tenet is incredibly imperfect though there are mad problems with tenet i do kind of enjoy the experience of watching it more than this but i would never in a million years say it is better and that's why you're not leading this episode. Yep, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, I I still love it. I still love it. I, I mean, truly though, there's like there's no part of this movie I dislike. There's just moments where it's like not firing on every single possible cylinder, where it's like, and you know, it has to do that. But like the highs are just so high that it's like, oh, I don't, I don't remember like this one little scene that is also perfect in this movie. Only other thing I had going in, I did have a little bit of background on Miles because about a year before it came out, I had to read, I don't know if it's the comic that introduces him, but it's a comic that introduces him. It was for a class. So I had a little bit of prior knowledge going into it. Like I, Spider-Man does die, the, like Peter Parker dies in that comic. So that was like not a new thing for me. Uncle Aaron is introduced and his dad and there's a blink and you'll miss it line in the movie about him like winning a lottery to get into the school i kind of had some background there because the comic i reread it before doing this episode and the comic that i read opens with that scene of him winning the lottery to get in so there's a little bit of background that i had otherwise like i love this now the only thing i really wish is that this had been around when i was nine because i just I would love to have experienced this as a kid, but it's still freaking amazing as an adult. Yeah. So I was more on the same. If I get distracted, it's because it's on FX right now, and it's. it's You're watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, I have the sound off, but like, they just got to Spider-Man's funeral. I wouldn't be hearing a word we're saying. No, I was listening. I'm along the lines, more along the lines of what Evan said. Yeah, I wasn't too high. I don't even remember seeing the trailer. But it, it had been out for, like, four weeks by the time I had seen it. Like, it was just about done with its uh, its theater run. I found the time when I went home. I think I was still in college. Saw this in my local theater uh, back, back in my hometown with my little brother. Um, I have a Miles Morales, still have a Miles Morales Spider-Man costume that I wore to this. No one said anything to me about it while I was there, but it felt cool to dress up. People were just looking, but that that was it. It's actually a picture I have on Instagram commemorating the day we walked home, I believe. 
I want to double check to see if it's there. I did the same thing when I um, went to the second Black Panther movie. I dressed uh, damn near identical to Killmonger in the museum scene from Black Panther 1. And that that is also... Yeah, it's 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 on Instagram. I'm, I'm in the costume. Come on, cosplay oh. king. <laughs> uh, thanks. So, uh, I, I didn't think this movie would work. At least, it didn't sound that way, but after hearing good things about it, I was just like, eh, I haven't seen a movie in a while. I, I went. And I'm really glad I did, because now it's my number one favorite movie. For now. We'll see how the sequel does. I'm hearing great things about that, too. I don't know if it'll surpass this one. We shall still see. But yeah, those that's my intro to the thing. And then I said it's my favorite movie, so we're just... If that's it for initial stuff, we're just going to jump into... Yeah, go off. Something weird. Um, one of we, we each kind of brought two topics to this discussion, this podcast episode. And one of mine... I, I hope will lend to, to uh, any discussion because I'm going to discuss why this is my favorite movie. Number one, none in any particular order. I just wrote them down as they came to mind. The music. I normally, normally if I listen to an album, let's say 12 songs, and I download three, I'll, I'll think the album is decent. If I download five to six, pretty much half the album, I think it's one of my favorite albums. I want to say I downloaded at least half of the songs from this movie. Of course, Sunflower. I think that's what also got me into it. I saw Sunflower, the music video, before seeing the movie. A lot of people say like, that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know okay, why I'm that's the only one that blew up though, because like there's so like the entire soundtrack is great, but for some reason that's yeah. the only one that made the radio, and it's good, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say it's the best one. All right, let's chill out. I, I love Sunflower. Um, I'm saying no shade. It's just like it's <laughs> like the, like it's probably it's still a great song, but like why is that the only one? Is what I'm saying that like oh yeah, you're saying they all should have yeah, or a lot of and them none of them got yeah. Oscar noms, and they're all original. Like I. That's absurd. Yeah, I don't think they could have beat because Shallow was the big one that year and everyone knew that was going to win, but not even nominated. I was, I, I think that's... What do I have? Elevate, Scared of the Dark, Home, all uh, just banger after banger from from the the, the creative minds behind the, the, the music. So that's just one thing. Another thing, Black Genius main character. I don't know how often you see that in movies. Y'all are welcome to give me a few, but it's not a common thing you see in movies, especially just a black protagonist. And that that also ties in with like representation. I think representation matters. So allowing just black men or just any black person to see themselves on screen as the lead and see them come into their own, it's it's pretty damn heartwarming. And I I'll get into it, but I see myself in the character so another thing casting oh man i don't know how they did it with the budget and made the movie look the way it did with such tight writing and that's insane but the the cast that there's some serious 
star power behind. And I think we talked about this in one of the other... I forget which movie. It might have been Bullet Train, I think. When we talk about how star-studded cast movies normally do really well or flop spectacularly. Yeah, this is not one of the fl- one of the floppers. I feel like they didn't lean on the cast that much in the marketing though, like No, they, they should have I feel like they should have like it was a surprise to me when I heard Nick Cage and John Mulaney. Why was that not in the advertising? Yeah. John Mulaney, uh was it Liv Schreiber's Kingpin? Mhm. Excuse me, Catherine Hahn is Octavia Doc Ock. Lily Tomlin was Aunt May. Yes. Very, very big cast. But they don't, they don't, even the main guy who did Miles, like, he just did the breakout role with uh, the other guy with, like, the get down on Netflix. So he was really popping, too. But... Oh, I know him from Dope. Yeah. Shameek, I was going to gonna say, uh, Shameek Moore, mm-hmm. Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Pine was the first Spider Man. Was it Jake Johnson, I think, from New Girl? Yeah. That's what I know him. Well, I've never watched the show, but I also saw Let's Be Cops, and I recognize him from that. Yeah, it's... I forget... Who played... Not, I think it was Zoe Kravitz was MJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this movie was insane. Uh, with casting. Comedy, another reason. I'm not even halfway through my list, guys. <laughs> Comedy was another reason. Uh, and this is what I was saying when I said I was going to bring up Mine's behind my two favorite. I think Chris Miller was only a producer on this movie, mm-hmm. but I, I said mine's meaning Phil and Lord and Phil, Phil and Lord. Wait, no, sorry, Lord and Miller. <laughs> uh, mine's behind my two favorite comedy movies. Uh, two of my favorite comedy movies: uh, Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. I think they were writers on that. No, they were directors. The animation. I don't know why they decided to go 30 frames a second on it it it's different though you need 24 24 that's what i meant and then when he's struggling it's 12 okay yeah yeah i know there's some there's some parts where it's like they do mess around with the frame rate i don't know if i can spit it back perfectly but i i know they animate him more to be more jittery when he's like the the, the one beginning. that I've heard about is when when uh, Peter B. Parker is teaching him to swing. They like have mm. they like animate them out of sync for part of it when mm. they're like not in sync together, and then as they start swinging together, they make the animation in sync somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not explaining that perfectly, but it's something like that. Yeah, and by the end, I'm... he's swinging in 24, so it just charters like his actual progress. Mm-hmm. Which it did take some people out of it. Like, my one friend who I brought after I saw it, I was like, you have to see this movie. He was like, uh, it's giving me a headache. So, like, I that is, like, a cost, but I don't think. I think a majority of people are able to deal with it. Yeah, it is kind of yeah. trippy with some of the visual. Like, I like it, but if you have epilepsy, then, like, I'm sure it is not a good time with this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the 24 choice. I'm not complaining about it, personally. I, I just think it makes the movie more unique and i used to be an animation major i should know more about this and then just like included in animation the art style everybody looks distinct all of that you 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 get it it's a great looking movie themes we'll get into that but the themes 
in the movie. There's, there's, uh, you got themes, real thick themes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the heart, met- metaphorically speaking, I damn near cried at the leap of faith scene on my second rewatch with my dad and brother. They, they didn't know that. And then, even more heart with the leap of faith scene again. On, I think this for this recording was my third or fourth rewatch, which is why I was just like, damn, David, with the 30 times. Um, yeah, I'm actually shocked you don't watch this more. But it's because I don't, uh, I it's because I don't want to cry, almost cry a bunch of times. I want to. Okay. <laughs> the fact that you were like, I almost cried, I'm like, you're a bitch. I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to wear it out. Like I want, to, I want to make it a little bit. Special. It wears I've me seen out. It, like, <laughs> no, but like you don't want to revisit your favorite things too often. I think I like to spread it a little. I'm bit. I'm the opposite. I watch Scream like maybe like at least twice a year. Okay. Well, I mean, it's different okay. with different things. I can rewatch the first Kingsman movie as many times as I want, and it never gets old. But like, there's other stuff that I like significantly more that I can't do that with, and this is one of them. You want it to still feel a little surprising. It's kind of like your favorite song, listening to your yeah. new favorite song over and over again, and then it just years. wears out eventually. And it's just like, this does not sound the same as 100%. when I first heard it at this point. I'm just built different. All right. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I think it's it, it's different for different people. Like, and exactly, with, it's it's a different kind of favorite. Mm-hmm. So I almost cried again in this rewatch. And then almost cried again with the dorm room scene prior to that. And then almost cried again prior to that one with Uncle Aaron's death itself. Honestly, that entire, like, end of second into third act is a roller coaster. And he's just trying to pull his mask down, like, so slightly. He's like, no, 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 I didn't see it. I didn't. Oh. Yeah. Like, everything from, like, as basically from Uncle Aaron's death to the end, I was choked up this time. Like, yeah. basically the entire, like, di- all the way through. I'm not going to say it's a lot to deal with. It's just, it hits you, man. Yeah. Regardless, I, if you I, don't... I, I got choked up during the trailer for Across the Spider-Verse. Like, just, just uh... like, the music and, like, see... I, I think it's the one... I haven't, I've been avoiding the more recent trailers, but the one where yeah, it's his mom doing the, the voiceover. And they, they mostly, I think, do images from the first movie. I was just like, damn, this hits. Like, the first movie just has given me so much access to this character, and, like, the the music does it, too, but, like, mm-hmm. it that's all it needed to, like, just get me on the verge of tears with that trailer. I <sighs> like, yeah, sorry I, I interrupted that, but... No, no, this is... I'm glad it's le- leading to discussion. Yeah, heart. It's, it's got it. And you want to talk about a love letter to Spider-Man as a character. I think this does a better job than No Way Home. No Way Home is oh, more fan yeah. service than anything. I haven't even rewatched No Way Home since I saw it in theaters. Two weeks their own. Rewatchability with things I missed. There's just little things and sentences here and there where I'm just like, oh, well, that explains that. I wasn't questioning it before, but that's nice to know. Like, when they're in the subway, in the tunnels, Aaron and Miles, Miles asks, how did you know about this place? And Aaron says, did an engineering job down here. I I would assume he meant something to do with the Prowler, or he was actually an engineer before, I don't know. Um, 
I and doubt then, he was an engineer. I don't know. I think he might be. <laughs> I, I'm not remembering the comic perfectly, but I think he... I think he was engineering as the Prowler. I think he was doing some, <laughs> some nice little Tinker Tailor Soldier spice. Oh, with him. yeah. No, I think he does work at, like, some... The universe of it is a little different in that comic, because, like, the Avengers are a thing in it. And yeah. I don't think... I, I didn't read, like, a whole thing. I think it was just one issue, and I, it didn't reveal he was the Prowler in that, so that whole i don't know but canonically i think he might actually be an engineer or mm. some kind of scientist the stand clear of the closing doors please you, it, it's a blink and you'll miss it in the background thing uh i think when he's getting off the subway at some point obviously but it's legit just straight <laughs> ripped straight from N, uh, new york subways uh having been there myself for acting gigs um that's exactly what it sounds like. They did it. They just <laughs> they they recorded yeah, they did that. that subway. Yep. This it's part of the heart. And uh, another thing, why it's one of my favorite movies, uh, Kingpin's wideness. I, <laughs> I don't. Dude. I don't know why they made him as. Listen, Kingpin is he's a big guy. For whatever reason in the comics, they pointed out he has zero body fat. I don't know how, but he does, and this this boy is wide in this movie. Like he he's got a tiny little head that's somehow below his shoulders. Yep, <laughs> and a wide back. That's that's another. I appreciate the wideness. Um, <laughs> I really could not predict this look. <laughs> uh, and then uh, a little bit back to the heart. Last point: the uh, the spark talk between Miles and his dad is kind of how my dad says the exact same thing about me and my brother when he was saying like it's it's yours. I see the spark in, spark in you. It's yours. It's you know you, you just got to choose what you want to do with it, or however he says it. I'm just like damn. I feel that. Damn. That's great. So yeah, those are. I'm I'm sure I'll find more, in in the discussion to come, but those are some of the reasons, why this is my number one favorite movie. I mean, it's a hell of a favorite, to pick. I'm not gonna say there aren't movies that I wouldn't judge you, for. I might have said too many double negatives there, but like, truly, like I have no, criticisms of this. So I. I see you all the way on why it's a why it's your absolute favorite yeah i like how wide he is <laughs> <laughs> the boy wide bro i don't know he's so big they don't like that's what i was saying about the anime like everybody's stylized like they don't explain why he needs to be that wide mm -hmm. it, we don't he's really so see scary, his though. feet but like it makes yeah. sense too like because like it's in miles pov and when you're a kid and he's in that situation that dude even if he isn't really that wide, he feels that big. Like, he feels that big and bulky yeah. and looming. And when, like, his big black suit masses over the frame and it's just, like, the darkness, like, it's just the kid, yeah. you could be a kid and you could be three and you go goo goo gaga, that's bad guy. Like, it's just yeah. there. Yeah, well, he's also able to, like, I don't know about one shot, but he kills Spider-Man just, like, he's, he has nothing, he has no powers. He's just huge. Like, that yep. is... He breaks the skull. Yeah, like, 
I didn't get it this time, but a few of the times that I've watched that final fight, like even after the first one between Miles and Kingman Pin, when it's like them soloing each other, he is mm. so scary in that fight. Like yeah. he's just raw force. Yeah. He, and Miles gets back up. I don't know how he survived that hit, but uh, you guys said he hit Spider-Man in the skull. Is that how he killed him? It, it, that's I what it looks that like. Literal. I, it's just he hits him in like the face area, body. I always kind of mm. assumed that, like, they mm. can't show it, of course, but I always kind of assumed that he crushes his skull. That's typically what. That I would make assumed. sense as to why Miles survives the later, like the same move later. I think. I don't know. Yeah, but it is the same move, and it's like they don't hold back with him. No. He has to walk sideways through doors, man. <laughs> yeah. If you can call it walking, it's more of a waddle. <laughs> I know they got to they got to like rezone Alchemex for him. Probably. It didn't seem like they did. They probably should have though. All right. So do we want to get into some of the? other topics if you have nothing else to say as to why this is my favorite movie feel free um why would this be your favorite movie i don't know it checks like every single one of your boxes aside from like extreme violence so (laughs) crazy unpredictable deaths Uh, it still even has that if you don't see the uh original spider-man's death coming that may not have been I unpredictable don't... for you. For a lot of people, I think it would have. I don't remember if I did. For I don't me, think I saw when that I coming. saw him die, it disarmed Uncle Aaron's death. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That, that's going to be the... This, this already, we're doing that, and now Uncle Aaron won't die in this one. Because there's yeah. like some comics where he does, some where he doesn't. And yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And then when they hit me with that, I felt like punching the gut. Mm-hmm. And I Oof. still feel like going into the sequel, like... I'm not convinced that Peter B. Parker is making out of that movie alive. I feel like they—they, right. they, he could sacrifice himself somewhere. I don't know how, but I don't. He already feel tried like in this safe. movie. Yeah, well, and I—I I, I know some. I've heard the reaction that like some people thought maybe he wouldn't make it out of this first movie. I still feel like he's not entirely safe in the sequel. They gave him a kid. That's a death sentence. Oh yeah, true. Wait, is that in the trailers? Oh shoot, no! I didn't see that. Okay. No, it's not in the. Yeah, it's it's in the trailer. Okay. I was trying to say no, like I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, it's in. I, I, just, I that was that's news to me. Um. I won't say nothing else. Yeah, we should probably stay off the sequel because I'm I'm still trying to be in ostrich mode. Mahershala Ali mm. is one of the uh, people I didn't mention earlier. I I feel like if I don't mention it didn't just mention him uh be disrespectful so he did we mention logic Aaron. what does logic play his uncle right N- no that's no, common no. common not logic i that, i get one name is messed up common did we mention common no that's mahershala ali that's mahershala ali yeah yeah that's what i was you saying no my friend told me it was common well they're wrong. no common bro well that's why i can't trust my friend now who's that friend they're racist no, they're not racist, but they're they're just a big Spider-Man fan. Apparently not big enough. Mm. No, they're just mm-hmm. not a big film person. They're not going to know that. Seems like it should be common knowledge. That... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. You, you get it. Yeah. All right. 
establishing family relationships. I forget whose topic this is. It's mine. It's Evans. Go. Yeah, so back uh, about a year ago when Jelani and I did the um, Spider-Man Before the Bite video that we made. Yeah. With, uh, you can go check out. We looked at, like, what... It, basically exposition of each of the Spider-Men that we cover in that, like, like, like the name says, Before the Bite. And we did, like, a list of stuff that we learn about each of them. I think we only had five things for Miles, and I, I'm okay with that list. It could have been so much longer. It was way, It was only five things, and it was still way more than both Toby and Andrew. Well, I feel like it wasn't necessarily, like, more in quantity, but, like, more substantial things that we learn. Um, yeah. I still stand by that, like, The Amazing Spider-Man does a good job with it, but, like, compared to... The amount that we learn about Miles in the first 10 minutes of this movie is absolutely insane. Yeah. It And the thing that kept impressing me, and, like, the efficiency and exposition across this entire movie are phenomenal. And we'll probably bring that up more later. But the thing that just kept constantly impressing me was the two scenes between him and his dad and then later him and Uncle Aaron. Because, like, he really only has the one scene he has a he has a couple more with his dad but it's not like a full scene they're like moments you really only have the one scene with each of them to establish these kind of complex relationships for the entire rest of the movie so they have to do so much work it, it's mind-blowingly like natural for one thing I, I feel like it's more impressive with his dad because by the end of that car ride when he gets out and he doesn't want to say I love you back, we have to know that he's only doing it out of embarrassment and that he does love his dad. Because if you don't do that scene right and you don't have, like, each of the beats of it hit that way, it could come off like that, and it never... I, I feel like it never could with the way that they do it. But we still see, like, that tension there, but, like, that they're both trying to connect. It's a complicated relationship that gets set up perfectly in like two minutes which is just insanely good writing and I, I like just kind of on the broader level of the whole story i i think it's a really smart amount of tension that they make with his dad because it's enough that there's like a gap that needs to be bridged and like a conflict that needs to be resolved but we still feel from the start that there's at least potential for this to be a positive relationship. Maybe it is already, we don't, but we could still feel like there's something missing there. So there can be a catharsis and a resolution, but it's not a negative relationship. And we get that very clearly with that one scene. And I, I, I'm just really impressed with that. And with the Uncle Aaron scene, Again, it's all very natural, but we can just kind of feel that Miles is more comfortable around him. Mm -hmm. And he still looks yep. to Uncle Aaron as a role model, but in a very different way than his dad. But he's also kind of like trying to act cool in front of Aaron in a way that he doesn't feel the need to with his dad. And like, I don't know, it just feels like such a well-lived-in relationship you can tell Miles kind of doesn't quite feel comfortable, like, being super vulnerable with Aaron in that first scene, even though later he, like, writes the letter to him. So there is, like, he does feel comfortable with it on some level. And 
I feel like we still get the sense from Uncle Aaron that, like, he cares enough for Miles that Miles could be vulnerable with him if he wanted to. Like, I feel like the moment when he introduces the shoulder touch is perfect. Like, where it comes in that conversation, where Miles is kind of deflecting. He's like, yeah, we're laying down the groundwork there. A different kind of Mm -hmm. uncle would have just, like, kept on giving him a hard time. And Aaron doesn't do that. He's like, he's, and he's still kind of like messing with him a little bit with it. But he's like, try the shoulder touch yet? Like giving him tips for like, here's how to connect with people. Here's how to hit on girls. Here's how to defeat the main villain. Here's how to defeat the main villain. (laughs) Yes. But I, I just love the, it's great show don't tell. We feel so much of the relationship coming through in like the smallest of moments in that entire scene and there's so many and even like across both of them uncle aaron and miles dad never have a scene together but we just get a little bit from both of them to see like they still care about each other at some level but there is mad tension and a ton of history that is unresolved between them and the comic i read goes into it a bit more probably others do too we don't really get it textually in the movie but we get enough and Again, it's a perfect amount. Like, when Uncle Aaron dies, we t- I-, I totally buy his dad's reaction. Like, yes, there was history between them, but it wasn't so bad that, like, they were completely isolated. Like, they d- there's still a love there. It's just a really complicated one. I was, yeah, I was going to mention they're not close, but they don't gloss over it. Like, there's a few sentences that each mentions to Miles at some point about the other mm-hmm. in those beginning scenes. But not much is needed to be said to understand where they are as brothers right now or in, in those beginning scenes. And even though they weren't speaking to one another, uh, a brother is a brother, man. And the loss of Aaron clearly hurt Jeff, so the... Yeah, they, they did a good job um, establishing where their relationship was. Like, that also hurts more because it showed there's there was potential for it to be fixed at some point. Right. Like, there, there wasn't a no going back, I'm never speaking to him again, you shouldn't be seeing your uncle type of thing. It was, they were not speaking to each other for a while type thing where they probably could have come back at some point but tragedy struck mm-hmm. yeah well there's even the moment the it's a really small one but when miles dad calls uncle aaron it just mm-hmm. goes to voicemail but the fact mm-hmm. that he calls means so much yeah yeah and he tells him like he knows miles likes to hang out with him so that means like this whole time miles thinks he's sneaking the dad knows where he's going and he's okay with it like there's distance in their relationship but clearly there's a fondness that he has with aaron that he wants his son to have with him because he goes like Mm -hmm. even when aaron's like yeah me and your dad used to come down here and do this like his dad still feels that he can't show it because he has to be like the cop dad but that's still him Mm -hmm. oh right when he says um you know i wouldn't be calling if this wasn't important yeah because he knows he knows that's where his son goes yeah he doesn't want to take that away from him and i think that's like that's why i'm glad they don't have a scene together because if they had a scene together i wouldn't have felt that loss as much like one of the big morals of the story is like and that's why when the dad comes and tells him like you have the spark don't waste it. it's like life isn't guaranteed 
not mm-hmm. to Spider-Man, not to Prowler, not to anybody. And you can bicker and fight over anything, but you know, one day we're all going in the dirt and you're going to regret that time that you wasted and like, don't waste your spark. Go for it. And he saw that with his son. He didn't want to, he had it with his brother. He doesn't want it with his son. Yeah. Just his line. Like sometimes people drift apart. It's like, damn that, like, that's just perfect. And the, the way they like recontextualize it into like, he's, his dad's choice in this moment is to like, not lose out on like the chance to connect with his kid it just me it 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 feels perfect yeah and then later he's standing on his dad's shoulders making the whole mural for aaron just like he was standing on aaron's shoulders making the mural for himself not sure who he was going to be and now he knows exactly the man he's going to be so good great expectations yeah we even see too like in the two scenes we like it's it's just implied but it feels like we get such a deep i feel like i know exactly like where they differ on their life philosophies of like Mm -hmm. his dad seems very like he he will follow every rule to a t like straight edge yeah he's very straight edged and you know with obviously he doesn't know until later about aaron being the prowler but like clearly aaron does not feel the same and I feel like it probably extends beyond that, but it's just, it feels so well, like it's conveyed so well in so little. So just for the one other relationship, family relationship in this, we don't get a lot with Miles' mom, but even like the tiny bit that we do still feels like it has a ton of history. It seems like from the one trailer that I've seen, or, well, two, but one of them that shows his mom more, like, maybe we'll get more of her in the sequel. I I think we should. I think it's fine that, like, I don't want to say they sideline her in this, but we'll, we'll talk about too many characters. I think it does, it gives her as much, like, screen time as it can afford to, and as much, like, weight as it can in that time. But I do hope we get more of her because I, I think there's I'm, I'm sure there's more in the comics that it can go off of but I'm, I'm hoping for that and that's the end of my topic there's a million impressive things about this movie but that's the one that I feel like has stuck out to me the most in thinking about it in like mm-hmm. anticipation for the sequel and stuff so you want all the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse to Spider-Man and women across the Spider-Verse Spider men, women, and non-binary. I don't spider know. People. Like, uh, spider, spider people. A spider people. Oh well, spider. Yeah, well, what spider if, people? Because I, I would say what spider, if spider ham. ham spider is ham not is a, person. a person. It's not a human, but it's a person. Uh, the spiders. The spiders. Where did we go? We were doing <laughs> Where <was> this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, try to be inclusive. You Dan. want them all to be one big. Uh, one big family, Evan. You want them? You want Vin Diesel to be a spider person? Uh, no. But I think I bet some casting spider director group. has been like, guys, you know who we ought to get for the third one. I don't like that voice, whoever that is. Uh, it's not a person um, I'm trying to make you like. Yeah, I know. Voice. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to use that one again with me around. <laughs> if that's it for family, David. Is yours the surprising? Yeah, yeah mine's the like origin story. I vibe. Let's, let's get it.
All right, so we kind of already talked about some of the points where like a lot of the origin story for me that I really enjoy is baked into like the emotional underpinnings of the story between Miles and his uncle and his dad. And I guess like, I think we're all gonna be in the agreeance on here, but like, do you guys also feel like because we got to spend more time with the characters by the time this big tragedy happens to the Spider-Man that like, it was more thematic and meant more than like 20 minutes in and like, oh, you didn't go pick up eggs, so now I got shot. Yeah. Don't come after the eggs moment, bro. But yes, I agree. Or milk, whatever they do in any of them. Whatever, whatever <laughs> Uncle Ben has to pick up that gets him shot. Um, what, your daddy didn't give enough money for the milk? Literally. Or whatever this, this shop. Oh, wait, you're talking about a different one. There's, I, okay, sorry. There's a different moment in Amazing Spider-Man that I thought you were going after. Fair, fair jab. Oh, the, when he got his uh, butt kicked and he forgot the eggs. Yeah, and, and then, then he brings the egg to Aunt May at the end. I love oh, that. Oh, no, that was such a... Oh. Don't go after the eggs, too. She cries, too, right? Doesn't Sally feel just, like, burst and, like, cry and laugh? She's like, ah. Or am I, like, forgetting? I, I think it might oh. be. I haven't seen that in a little oh. bit. She's good. I like her as Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, the main thing that, like, allowed this death of Aaron to really hit was the disarming fact of, like, seeing Miles get bit and then have the beat of a death after the bite, and then seeing how he's going to be the Spider-Man. I fully was just, like, ready for maybe, like, if it got a sequel, we would see a Prowler death, because I know in the comics, like, sometimes Miles and Aaron, like, fight to the death, but I didn't think, like, we were gonna get Kingpin killing him in front of him later Mm. in the movie so when that moment happened and like just a couple seconds before the whole reveal of him seeing his nephew after like we said their close relationship because he's able to be vulnerable with them he's able to like do these different passion projects with his paintings and everything and it's just like to have that lifeline get lost i just could feel it personally because i think a lot of people have that like relationship with someone who like they can't be a certain way with like their parents or their immediate family so they have like an aunt or an uncle or someone who's not really like a family friend who's a quote-unquote an aunt or uncle and you're able to be a little bit more yourself with them and to have that like ripped away so violently it really just got me in my feels so then like a couple of seconds later when we're dealing with like him webbed up and he's like not able to talk and his dad comes and gives him that spiel about how like i love you and you don't have to say it back and i see you there like i am just as lavender gill would say big negative five i am Mm. just slapped in the face (laughs) kicked on the floor spit on like i am i feel terrible and then that moment of that leap of faith that insane switch to now a plus five and just seeing him fall and the frame be flipped and having him rise and yes the shattering of the glass it's just everything and seeing the web shoot up and his shoes are tied which is like such a minute little thing oh your shoe is untied it's a choice and he's reckless in the first act and then the choice then is he's he knows who he is and he knows what he wants and he knows who he has to be the commitment he's made and it's tied and i also love the setting choice because i don't know i'll send this in the group chat later but there is a um a scene that was cut from the original into the spider-verse film and essentially does what that uh scene in the dorm room does where uh peter's like disarm me turn invisible do something so i know you can like hold your own and since he can't he like webs them 
and like the scene happens on like a billboard and it's oh i've seen that i think i watched that earlier today or maybe yesterday i know the scene you're talking about though and it's it's very like to evan's point where those scenes are all show don't tell that was a tell don't show moment and i think the scene we get in the movie is like what that scene was trying to do but so much better instead of the dialogue of miles being like who i feel like i need to protect and save we get it all through the action of like him being locked up and then the dad being there and all of this and then like what was on the billboard nothing you can't really see it because it's like storyboards Uh, yeah it's an animaniac at that point yeah they don't it's not fully animated the sad thing is too well i don't know if it's sad but like it it speaks so much to this movie that they cut that and it's like, yeah, that would have been the worst scene in this movie. That would have been the best scene in so many other movies. And they yeah. they were like, eh, it's not good enough for this one. <laughs> like, Literally. It's they raise it so much just in like the setting choice. Like changing it from them sitting on a billboard to being in the dorm room just tells so much of the story. Because like the dad tells him earlier when he sees Peter die and he comes back to the house, the dad's like, you made a commitment to that school, Miles. You got to go back and see the commitment through. And the mom's like, no, he's obviously shaken up. Let him stay. Mm -hmm. So they let him stay. So for the dad to then come to that dorm room and tell him like, you can do anything you want as long as you stick to that commitment. And he makes the commitment to be Spider-Man and then really does anything he wants and leaves the dorm room. It's so well done. Like, oh, I love it. Bill, our old professor for that theater class, he used to always talk about setting being important. And that that choice of moving it from just a random billboard to the dorm room means so much to me, at least. I think it's so smart. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one um, more thing to appreciate about it. I, I'd never thought of that. Um, what else about that scene? And like with the billboard, uh, Peter just does like a flip off after talking. He just like does a cool like Spider-Man and like lands. But like because they're in the dorm room and he does like the tr- like kick him, disarm, trip, hold his shirt. That allows for a nice setup payoff moment a couple moments later when he when Miles allows Peter to go back home by doing it to him. So like mm-hmm. there's just a lot more thematically happening in the version we got that I prefer from like the storybird storybird storyboard that they showed us. But you know it's really cool and i also love the complexity of the conversation with his dad like on one side like you guys are saying like he's telling him go after the spark and then on the other side he's hunting spider-man because he doesn't know like that he thinks spider-man killed prowler so like it's so beautifully ironic because he wants him to be spider-man without even knowing it and i think that speaks to a lot of like parents who like they have good intentions for their kids, but they don't know sometimes like that they need to let their kids be them sometimes. And like, this was like, that's kind of like the dad learning that in my opinion, mm-hmm. he's like, you just got to do you. Like, I'm not, I, I, I can't always be that person. I've realized I can't, I don't know what's best for you all the time, but I know that you do. Cause I did enough. So like be you mm-hmm. cause it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I also am really interested to see what they do with that in the sequel. Cause I, I mean, I don't know what happens in the comics, and I'm sure some people do. If you guys know, I'd rather not have it spoiled for me, but, like, I'm really interested to see if they're going to have a moment where his dad finds out he's Spider-Man, because that's going to be huge, and it might take a... Like, I feel like that might be a couple of scenes, or maybe, like, a whole act. Or even, you know, we're going to get a third movie. Maybe we're going to end the second movie and him and his dad are not going to be in a good place because of... It's confirmed we have a third one? 
It is. Uh, I think it's slated okay. for next year. I think I think they're ready. Beyond the Spider-Verse. Because yeah. the, the one that we're getting tomorrow or tonight, they had it written out. It's similar to Infinity War and Endgame, and they said it was just too much, so they split it. Oh, yeah. it's too... Uh, I was going to say, one year difference is kind of scary, because they Yeah, took... so they made it, and we'll just get it later. Yeah. Okay. But I... I, I could see them. I'm not going to say I hope this happens. I'm not going to say that I predict it will. But I, I think there's groundwork laid where we could end the second movie with Miles' dad really upset that he's Spider-Man and they don't resolve it in, at the end of it. And then may, hopefully we would get a resolution in the third movie. I, I would hope they would give us that. I also am afraid because spoilers for the spider-man video game the the one from 2018 i haven't played the others okay i but, might have mentioned that yeah um miles dad dies in that game i really really hope actually they don't do that in wait you this. said the 2018 or it's miles morales no it, it's in the 2018 game yeah, they, yeah, he, yeah he dies in that one the, As, the first one yeah with the mr negative bomber mm -hmm. yeah good moment in that game I really, really don't want them to kill off his dad in these movies. Oh, I think man. That's what I was scared of for this. I think I played the game before I saw the movie, this movie. It came out, like, not long before, I think. I played the game well after this movie came out, but I think it was a little before. Release. Wait, this is 2019? No. This was after? No, the game came out no. 2018. No, no, no. Oh, Game of the Year edition, sorry. When because 2018 was like the year of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're 2023 is again too because now we have the sequel to both Spider-Verse so and and the Spider-Man game uh, released date September 7th. So wasn't Spider-Verse that later that fall? Yeah, it was December. It was like right at the end of the year. Into the Spider-Verse release date May 3rd, 20 2002. That's not it. <laughs> December 14th yeah it, it was later in the years okay yeah I was afraid of his dad dying in this movie and when Uncle Aaron did I was like well they, they won't kill his dad too right at least in this movie I really, I'm a little really afraid for him I'm worried for the next movie yep and y'all know I, I like Brian Tyree Henry mm -hmm. as an actor so I, listen don't please don't hurt Good old Jeff, uh, Sony, Phil, if you're listening, probably not listening, but Phil, don't, don't do it. Thank you. More on the origin story. I, w I was gonna talk about the, um, well, yeah, about him becoming Spider Man. Like the build up to him becoming Spider Man is obviously what's most important and makes up most of the movie uh peter man peter man <laughs> oh no <laughs> he gave spider-man on his own and with miles is about taking on that responsibility as well but knowing others have done it like with the scene with the spider people talking about losing their loved ones like yeah we've all been through it and i think that also kind of helps him grow into his own like yeah i could do this too or should do this what's interesting about this version because like the movie kind of treats this like you've seen spider-man before which is perfectly fine because i think spider-man by this point i would hope is a household name kind of like superman or batman the trinity of superheroes 
is what's what's interesting about this version of the Spider-Man origin is by the end of Act One, start of Act Two is when the superhero would normally don their costume. Not just sorry, not just Spider-Man origin, but mainly any superhero origin. Miles doesn't until the start of Act Three. And the end of this movie is when he makes his presence known to New York and get the the people start getting acclimated to him and all that. So yeah. Yeah. That's I love it. that scene where he comes back. Lily Tomlin's just there sitting in the chair and she's like, oh, yeah. I've been waiting. It always yeah. fits eventually. Yeah. And that Stan Lee moment pays off so good. And just him yeah. graffitiing an old suit, like, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, we'll get, I'll mention it again in my topic. The symbol of his to his suit evolution is perfect it's so good i think in terms of like the structure beats you're talking about jelani i think it goes a long way with Mm -hmm. making this feel different because the first couple times like it took it took a long time before i was like oh both of them have their uncle die i didn't even think about uncle ben like the first several times i saw the uncle aaron death scene I think some of it is just like there's more context around it and you know you need it at the point that it comes in in the other versions of like the spider-man origin but waiting on it because you can is i I think makes it so much more powerful guys the scene is coming up oh oh yeah i guess it would be if we've been going for as long as we have um he's fighting the prowler and um Oh man. I'm gonna have to change the channel. Continue. It's partly the context that it has around it and that it's it's the end of Act Two instead of Act One. But I, I think it's it's there's more to it than that, but it does count for a lot when it happens. And I really love that this movie took its identity that like its really unique identity and was able to do that because in basically any other superhero movie, you're not allowed to wait that long. You mm-hmm. can't wait until Act Three for them to start doing the superhero things. You can wait. You can wait for all of Act One, maybe even the first half of the movie before they're in. like Batman Begins. He doesn't get into the Batman suit until I think the midpoint. But you like that's still earlier. You could not hold that off longer than they do in that movie, and. I really love that they are able to be like, all right, we can have Spider-Man stuff happening this entire movie. Let's hold off the big moments until later so that they hit harder. And they hit so much harder. Yeah, David, I think you were saying it better than I did at, earlier. I forget exactly how you worded it. But yeah, I, I think Uncle Aaron's death is just, it's it's so much better than Uncle Ben's. Uh, Not because, like, there's anything wrong with those. And, like, it it takes advantage of, like, the history that we already know of Spider-Man. Like, it uses that to its advantage really well. In terms of this topic with the origin story, I, I think where I see it the most is the fact that the world of the movie already knows who spider-man is he's been established for i think 10 years in this world so there's no moment where the world has to get acclimated to him being a thing a thing he doesn't have to invent a persona like we know the end point is he's gonna be spider-man he's not gonna be a new type of superhero we don't have to spend time on that so 
it uses that to its advantage to spend more time on other things that we care more about. And I'll talk about that more in another topic. One other thing I wanted to bring up with this, and I guess it's a similar question that, David, you kind of posed with Uncle Aaron's death, but the leap of faith scene, I think, has a big place in this conversation. For one thing, it's one of just the greatest scenes of all time. Like, I feel like I would name it as best animated scene ever. But I'm trying to th- to figure out why it hits so much harder than the other superhero emergence moments where they like come into their final form get their suit i watched it back to back today with um the first flight scene from man of steel which is a pretty good scene in itself but it it really can't compare it's a good scene i don't love that movie but that's that's probably the best scene in it that i can remember so is it just that we get to spend more time with miles before that and we spend more time seeing him grow and struggle is it just a better scene at like in itself? I, I think there's a bit of both, but I feel like there's more to it. So do you, do you guys feel like there's like kind of in context of this topic, like what makes the leap of faith scene so much better than every other scene of its kind? Well, the real reason Miles got them J's on is because the leap of faith is essentially just do it. Whoa. So, there you go. And now I'm imagining Shia LaBeouf as a spider person. I don't want that. <laughs> so, Ew, that's so scary. If he ever got casted as a voice, that's terrifying. To answer your question, there's my answer to your question. <laughs> do, you, do you think, is it just placement, though? Like you were saying with the act structure before? I... No, it's not just that. I think it's a... No, it can't just be that. There's so much happening. Uh, I think it's a big part of it, though. Oh, yeah, it's a huge part. But it can't just be that. We already mm-hmm. talked about how it's a big part. So I'm like, the music, that's hitting at that yeah. point. The animation mm-hmm. is hitting at that point. The visuals. Yeah. The visual payoff of him graffitiing the a suit, upside of down him tying shot. his shoelace. We have the, one of the first moments we see of him, he tries to jump and put a sticker on something and he literally can't leap because he gets caught on his own shoelace. He gets caught on his own irresponsibility. He can jump off the highest tower in New York and shatter it because his shoes are tied and he's Spider-Man now. Like it is yeah. everything that we just invested an hour in just came to this one single shot and moment. And I just think like, especially because we were just so down in our emotions with oh, everything yeah. with the that uncle and his up. dad you're just that so raw it's is, is crazy like sometimes you're on a high and a character's death like uncle aaron will bring you all the way down but that rewarding shoot they use that that possibility of not possibility but that feel good movement upward at like it's in combination with what you've been waiting for the whole movie like it's a it's a brilliant move it's like amazing audience calculation like bruce would always say like watch your audience see how they're reacting and adjust accordingly like they had they knew exactly how the audience was feeling exactly when they wanted them to feel it because it was that tight and the visuals and the placement 
in the actual thematic filmmaking that came later and the design of the characters and the animation and the music it's rare that this level of craft is happening on every level and it's very special to have it hit in one moment like that i hear all of that i think that's all very good reasons that i, I wasn't thinking of with like the the dynamics from the lowest low to the highest high that definitely helps i think it's also you guys weren't saying this specifically but you brought up a couple of like setups and payoffs that it does and we could have made that an entire topic for this i think because of how many there are but there's some really really good payoffs in that scene you don't you don't have time to do the setups as much when you have that moment in act one so i think it's i think it's kind of a combination of all of that and like they just they just knocked it out of the park i don't know if there's a lesson to take from that for other things because this is such a unique type of movie that's allowed to do things that you kind of can't afford to even in other superhero movies but like i don't know if you can make the greatest scene ever do it (laughs) like i don't know how to learn from this creatively but like they just that scene is it's like the best scene ever basically why is Chance the is Chance the rapper in any of the songs? No, but I did notice that was one of the first things I or an, I guess kind of an Easter egg that I saw in the movie that they have. There's the poster of his he's, he's album. got the four on his yeah, hat instead of the three on the coloring book album. Hmm. Yeah, why? I think it's kind of part of that just like alternate thing where like they have all the advertisements are different with like cola soda instead of coke and times square yeah and i know there's Mm. more that there's a whole bunch of posters for like fake movies that are there there's like a seth rogan movie called hold your horses and i think there's some variation on Shaun of the dead in one of the times squares still waiting on hold your horses too i don't know what they would call the sequel for that um holding horses horses kickback <laughs> oh, that's definitely what they would call it. Anyway, back on topic. Oh, I'm sorry. They're in the dorm right now. Peter. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this rest of this episode. Dry ride. And it's, the sound's not even on, bro. But I know what's happening. I know. It's that's okay. why, like that's the best part about it is they're saying it all in the visuals. And you can watch, like, in 20 minutes later when he lets Peter go, and you can watch it with the sound off and be like, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Oh, uh, fun fact. This movie sparked artists sharing their spider sonas. That's what they're called. Across multiple platforms with their take on the spider... An uh, ape spider person from the Spider-Verse. Uh, taking anyone... And wear the mask and running with it so there's some dope designs you can look up anyway next topic um let's do i want to end on superhero genre and identity so let's do breaking too many characters which is your truly uh your boy this movie has a lot of characters and star power and i won't list either to you uh even though i did earlier uh because <laughs> You yourself, audience, uh, are likely familiar with the movie. At least I hope so. If you aren't, um, what are you doing listening this far into the podcast? <laughs> yeah, you're an hour and an hour and some change into this, uh, I think. And uh, go watch the movie first, then come back. Thank you. 
There's a lot of characters. But let me blow your minds by getting even smaller with the topic first. The villains. There are way more than three villains in this movie. Post Spider-Man 3, people said that a superhero movie couldn't handle more than two villains in a movie. Because uh, Spider-Man 3 had Sandman, Venom, and Hobgoblin. This was unfortunately proven with another Spider-Man movie. General consensus-wise, um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm sorry, Evan. No, it's a, we uh, talked about it when we did that episode, that they, yeah. they only really needed Electro there. It was almost like the curse on the genre and just Spider-Man movies. I mean, No Way Home did it, but that was post Into the Spider-Verse, so. Other examples, good or bad, include X-Men 3, even though this was prior to Spider-Man 3, I think a year before. The Dark Knight Rises. I say good or bad, Evan. Relax. Who's the third? Uh, what? Who are the three? Bane? Well, there's like four. Talia. Catwoman. I mean, Daggett? if you count, yeah, if you count, Catwoman, uh, is Catwoman a villain in that though? Like, I don't know. are there? Three? You got Bane, Talia, Scarecrow. He's in it. He's not. You really got him. In there. He's in it for one. He scene. tries he to is... kill Gordon. That's villainous. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> Honestly, fair point, but like he's barely in the movie. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, Race is ghost. That's a villain. Because he was a villain. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these are stretching. I don't think X-Men 3 is stretching because there was a whole awe uh, war at the end of that. I looked up, like, two lists, and both of them had Aquaman on it. I don't know why. Both also had Green Lantern, but nobody saw that movie. So I, don't, I also don't know why in that one. I think Aquaman had Black, Black Manta and the Ocean Master. Oh, they doing the... He doing the leap, y'all. He going to anime right now. So, honestly, less than I thought. I thought there were way more superhero movies that came out post-Spider-Man 3 that just had too many villains and people were just like, See? No, no, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. No more... No more than three villains in a superhero movie. Yeah, I thought it was the whole thing. So that's just the villains for this movie, right? Mainly focused on Kingpin, you got... Octavia is is the henchwoman. Uh, Tombstone has a couple of lines. You got Prowler. He's he's one of the villains. So then let's expand it to the protagonist. I mean, the the rest. Let's just expand it to the rest. You got the protagonist, and then five other Spider people, and then the supporting cast of his father, Aunt May, MJ, his mom. And then you got the Spider-Man from the beginning of the movie. That's not included in the other five Spider-People. There's a lot of characters. And Evan has a point. He start, I'm a, Evan, you say your point, and I'm going to say I agree after you finish your point. Okay, uh, I hope I'm pointing to the right one. I think the main reason this works is just efficiency. I agree with Evan's point. Um, yeah, just like, I mean, there's. I think there's other reasons. Again, it uses the fact that we know a lot of like most people know spider-man to its advantage but it's incredible how we never spend any more time than we need to with each character but we do get enough like nobody gets too little time establishing them and i feel like there's a i'm i'm not gonna spit this back perfectly but another one of our professors david greenberg 
had this um i forget exactly what he called it but it was kind of this relationship between like the importance of a character and how memorable they're supposed to be and his thing was basically like the less time we have with a character the more memorable they should be and this follows that very well where like the henchmen kind of villains like the the ones who don't who aren't as important and the three kind of secondary spider people they are all very memorable they have one thing about them they are very distinct visually and they're kind of fun and we don't get any more with them like it's exactly as much as we need and not a second more but they still are like fun to have and it's not like there's too little of them part of it is like you you take the characters that we know from other spider-man movies if you've never seen a spider-man before the opening montage with the original peter parker gives you exactly as much as you need like we establish spider-man is a dude in this world mary jane is there aunt may is there the villains are there all right all of that is established now let's get into the characters who you don't know with everyone in miles life like it gets everything out of the way just enough that it can like check the box for new people but it never overstays its welcome with anything and remarkably somehow it's not tired for like oh here we go again for everyone who has seen a spider-man movie yeah like it's i don't it seems so effortless but i'm sure it took him a long time to get to that perfect balance he does the dance Evan. he does yeah it's it calls out bully mcguire oh yeah because like by the time we get to the new girl like spider-man i feel they're so smart tonally it feels like the lego movie which makes sense because they wrote that like Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. so aware that the audience like this they made this anyone going to see this movie is probably a spider-man fan especially because like the marketing wasn't doing it justice back in 2018 so like they really lean into that like with showing animated shots from old spider-man movies making jokes about them showing the ice cream pop that everyone remembers looking terrible from their childhood when they see the picture and then they open the wrapper (laughs) which even if you haven't seen a spider-man movie you've seen that popticle like exactly if you're and they know all of that like it's so calculated it's gorgeous yeah i don't know how they pulled it off like it's and again you can't really do that with most other movies i I was trying to think about like is there any other character you could do this with the only thing i could think of like i I guess they kind of did that with the most recent batman not nearly to the level that this did but it basically just took it as a given in that movie like all right you guys know who batman is we're not gonna bother explaining him aside from that i feel like the only other thing you can really do it with is like bond kind of does that but also like we never really had to establish bond like that like his backstory doesn't matter to him the way that like if you know spider-man you need to know his backstory you don't really need to know anything about james bond to watch a james bond movie he's just fully formed dropped right in in every movie except maybe casino royale and even then he kind of is only other thing maybe is like a well-known part of history like you don't need to explain what world war Two is in a world war Two movie but that doesn't give you characters the way that this does like you can establish like at best i guess you can do like hitler mussolini and like maybe fdr 
even something as well known as like world war ii you don't really get that much that the audience just takes as a given except maybe like nazis bad but i don't even want to say that like spider-verse is using that as a crutch because there's a thousand wrong ways to take advantage of the fact that we already know who spider-man is and it does the one that is perfect Mm -hmm. because i think it's so smart it's smart to make him a flop like if we got chris pine spider-man in like his glory and he's who was teaching miles the way miles wanted like miles was like why do i have to get the bum spider-man like that movie would have been a drag like flop spider-man is what you want to see because it's rare like i don't really know any movie where i see like middle-aged peter parker struggling mm-hmm. yeah in the comics what they there's there's a whole thing happening in the comics right now where like they just won't let him be happy whenever he gets to a certain point where he might just start to be happy they reset it it's they are torturing that character so i'm hoping they see... can turn that around with miles here because i mean i don't want to say that this movie is nice to him it certainly throws a lot at him including like you know you get the quintessential spider-man tragedy losing his uncle it's not nice to him but i hope that it can be nicer to him than it seems to often be to peter parker oh yeah like that, we don't have to make it easy on him for sure but yeah i'm scared miguel's coming he's coming for a vengeance in this one i don't know what he's gonna do he's built like an action figure and it scares me he really is and he's got he's got the the wide broad shoulders and <laughs> no <laughs> not he's wide <laughs> <laughs> not kingpin wide nobody can be kingpin wide but he is he's he's broad but I, I don't think we're ever going to disagree on anything in this episode, but I still think this episode's going swimmingly. Yeah. Um, I had one thing I want, if, I, before we move on to the next one, oh yeah, go I ahead. had one response to uh, something you were saying there, David, with like the older Peter Parker being his mentor. I hear you with that. We do get that, and I like it, but it doesn't come at the expense of giving him good mentors, which I think is really smart, because... Peter is still able to show him some things, but where he lacks, we still get Gwen and the three other spider people who seem more secure. Like, Gwen still has, like, a bit of an arc and stuff that we get to see with her, but as a spider person, she seems a lot more in her element and more comfortable in a way that, like, we're still able to get a solid spider person role model for miles between her and the three other spider people and we don't spend a ton of time with it but i think it's enough that you could like he still has that image there of like what spider-man should be throughout the movie and he's kind of you know he's had that throughout his life i'm sure with the other spider-man but we still keep it in that like mentor context which i think is smart if the boots are part of the suit and they're like shoes, how does he, how do their feet stick to walls if it's the shoe padding between the... I've wondered about that too, especially with his sneakers. Like, is he just gripping really hard with, in, like, his hands? 
in the promo image of Miles and Gwen sitting next to each other on the side of the building, uh, how are they sticking to the building? I don't have a good answer. Their their feet are swinging, guys. M- magic mittens? Think, something like nope, that? Nope. Think about that. I'm going to need you to think about that until you see the movie, because I'm going to need them to answer You've that. You've ruined it for us now, Delaney. You're welcome. How can, I, how can I enjoy this with that massive plot hole? <laughs> <laughs> right. Now it's a bad movie. <laughs> well, it could have never compared to this. Cinema scenes ding. It, it could have never compared to this anyway, so, you know, just keep your expectations low and keep your heads down, uh, fellas. No. I want to not um, hold it to that standard because it, it's too high of a standard to hold it to. Like, it's, it's going to yeah, gonna give us more time yeah. with, this, with these characters, which probably means I'm going to like it no matter what. But yeah. I'm going to be like, I wonder how- it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> I wonder how I'm going to feel about uh, Miguel O'Hara as a character. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Me too. I know nothing about him aside from like what we've seen in the trailer and then the post credit scene from this. Yeah, he's the future guy. Mm-hmm. 2099 Spider-Man. That's honestly pretty much... I know his like abilities. It's not much different from any Spider-Person. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with this. I agree on efficiency, and I think that's the main reason as well. This clock's in at just under two hours and uses every second of it beautifully. It knows who to use for what scenes and just how long to use them. Because of this, it gives more time to important and slower moments, like in Aaron and Miles' first scene together with Hay or... The dorm room scene, or even the scene in the car with his dad, etc. And given the balance between them using the characters for the right amount of time, using the slower moments, the movie doesn't feel rushed in any way. Like, they don't speed through those slower moments, which is great. That's all I had on breaking too many characters rule. Do it right. Use your characters right. Uh, that's it from me. It is a really ambitious amount of characters, though. Like, oh, yeah. I would not... And personally, I don't think I could manage having this many characters in one movie. The next movie has more. Somehow so, it's going to. Yep. Yep. It's a whole... It's a whole Spider-Verse. Have either of you seen the Lego movie? Yes. Yo. Just the first How many one. I'm in that. I haven't seen it. A lot as well. That's how I figured. Yeah. Because I, I was feral. talking to my one friend, and he says, like, you can see a lot of, like, the stomping ground for the dynamics and how they write mm. in Spider-Verse for, in that. So I kind of want to watch that. Yeah, Lego Shack. Will Ferrell and Lego Will Ferrell, those are two different characters. But then they kind of become one character because it was his son all along. To my memory, it doesn't have Wild as style. many as this, though. The Lego movie? I don't think. I've only seen it one time, and I was not watching it with that in mind at all, so I could be wrong. I don't remember. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, superhero genre and identity. We are... This is a good, long episode. I'm glad this episode is long. I'm glad we brought it with the topics. 
I'm exhausted and I have to get up in four hours, so oh, let's finish yeah. this off. And we still haven't hit on like half of the great things about this movie. Yeah. But that was we were never gonna get to all of them. Uh yeah, so this was another one of my topics. I think the connected universe trend in superhero movies has kind of made them lose their deeper appeal on a lot of levels. Personally, my favorite superhero movies are about people forming their identity. So, like, The Amazing Spider-Man, X-Men First Class, Kick-Ass, kind of X-Men Days of Future Past, but I, I don't know if that one does it quite as much. But I think Spider-Verse is the best version of it. And I, I feel like it's really missing in, especially latter-day MCU. Some of the earlier stuff still kind of had that. But, like... The more recent ones, I feel like they're really missing what this movie delivers on so hard. Like, I think the reason we love superhero movies is that, or especially origin stories, is that at some point, all of us, like, it's a very common human experience to go through a process of discovering who we are and how to develop the gifts that we have. And superhero movies provide a really great landscape to explore that experience in a fun and empowering way that helps us like envision our final forms. I, I think The Amazing Spider-Man 1 is one of the best versions of that, but truly the epitome of it is the final montage of this movie. I, I feel like it's just exactly why superhero stories matter. And as tired as i am of this genre like i don't want it to die if we can get more movies like this if we can get away from the quantum manias and more towards this like and yeah we've had a lot of origin stories but i think this movie is a testament to the fact that there's more like this genre has more to offer in its like purest form which I think this is kind of its purest form. So, oh yeah, I brought this up earlier. The symbol of him wearing the store-bought costume for most of the movie when he's like trying to imitate Spider-Man and struggling and then wearing his own suit that he makes in his own art style is just perfect. And I feel like it ties in so well to the fact that he knows who Spider-Man is already. It's not an original thing that he's creating and that that just feels very current and like more lived in because i feel like we as 21st century people have those kinds of role models whether it's celebrities characters or like people we know personally in our own lives this movie gives a more holistic look at that where miles has a template for what Spider-Man is, like, he can envision himself doing it based on these other people that he sees, but he still has to find his own way to becoming Spider-Man and incorporating his own personality into it. And I, I really love the way that this does that. And also that, like, I, I feel like there's something powerful to this as well, that, like, he, because he's part of a group of Spider-People, he is not like the strongest one physically in the entire city which is usually the case with other superhero origin stories where they're discovering their identity but also they are uniquely capable in a way that nobody else is 
Miles is still uniquely capable, but he has other people who he can aspire to like reach their level. I just feel like there's it uses that well, and I for some reason I like it more. It just feels more real for how most of us I feel like go through this experience. And again, that's not to like throw shade at other superhero movies because they don't have that advantage. But I think there is a little bit of something that's lost there. And you know, tied into that, we we kind of talked about this a little before, but I love that he gets a pretty like well built out support system in this movie where he has he has a basically full family dynamic with both parents which is rare for superheroes uh particularly spider-man and he has peers with like gwen is kind of a peer and he's he has other peers ish with his classmates they're not really characters but they're they're still kind of a presence but even if that's not a big thing like gwen feels like a peer with him and i I feel like that's an important thing that they add and he has non-family mentors with peter b parker and the other spider people and i really like that we have this because i you get some of it with most other superheroes like they always have somebody in their corner but it's never this many and i think the quantity does matter and the different roles that all the characters play they do matter aunt may i should have mentioned in that i feel like she's another and i'm sure that dynamic will probably continue into the sequel where she is even kind of like a mentor to him as well and i think they they just they balance it out well where like he gets guidance from all of them but he still has to do some of this he still has to have that leap of faith moment by himself it just it feels very true to like what the universal experience of like finding your identity is in real life it's good to have those that support system there but there are parts of it that you have to do yourself and i feel like this captures that just so perfectly and that is why i would consider it the absolute peak of the genre i think I think even the tagline is arrogant with the fact that people understand who Spider-Man is already. Uh, and I think it has every right to be. Uh, enter a universe where more than one wears the mask. They don't even explain who's wearing the mask. They're like, they're just, their attitudes, just, you know what it is. With your note about becoming his own Spider-Man, I've even I've heard people are calling for Miles to get his own name at this point, kind of like Gwen has Ghost Spider, which I I wouldn't even know what you people just call him Miles Morales or Miles Morales Spider Man. Some people call him Puerto Rican Spider Man. Some people call him Black Spider Man. Whatever. I like seeing this take where the hero does have the support system, as you were mentioning. And it's there waiting to help him, but he ultimately has to make that decision to leap, which is another thing my dad tells my brother and me. So maybe that's also why it's my favorite. Yeah. I I think, like, it's a really cool observation and a unique point to, like, the nuance of the story that we get. 
to see like him disappoint himself by failing because he has direct role models like every other superhero their disappointment or their failure usually is like after the fact where it's like batman's like oh i couldn't have saved my parents i was a kid and peter's like oh i wasn't there to do that for uncle ben or superman was like oh i was a baby and i was sent away like it's always like i wasn't good enough then so i have to be always ready for whenever the next thing happens and for him to like actively have people to see how he's failing it just added like a realistic layer of disappointment because that's how real life is like you see people who are doing something better than you and you're like i need to get to that kind of level like it's not you're not the first one to ever do something so like you actually have a scale to judge your own like performance on and that made it like more real to me jesus that hits yeah like i mean even even with the smallest thing of like i watched professional disc golf coverage and i'm like oh that's sick then i go out and play around by myself and just chuck it right into a tree and it feels like why can't i do what they do um, and it's too real like but i compare myself to people too much but and it feels so modern too because like that's that's instagram right there like yeah. right how can you feel good about yourself when there's a thousand people that you can click through at a moment's notice that are doing that thing better and like i'm I'm not saying that in like a nihilistic way it's just like i think this is kind of tapping into that like very modern very contemporary feeling in a way that nothing else really does like one of my absolute favorite moments in this is the moment when miles comes into the fight at the end and all there's like this one split screen shot of all the other spider people seeing him in his like final form and it's like the most beautiful thing in the world to be that like he's one of them now i I don't know if that's exactly tied into the the well they also add the comic on top of the piles of yeah yeah just like the perfect yeah, button. And compare the, the first comic of I'm Spider Man. I'm the only one to I'm yeah. not the only one wearing the mask. You can wear the mask. Like it drives yeah. it home. Yeah. And they like it's so funny to have like a literal bookend with comics. Like that's just like an extra layer of um, comedy. Like you're so cheeky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, it earns it so well because that final form and like this kind of goes back to stuff we were talking about earlier with like why the leap of faith is better because it's withheld. Like the final form hits so much harder because we've seen him struggle so much instead of struggling for like half an hour he's struggling for like basically the entire movie until he's not and it's it's that's why i'm choked up for the entire third act even through that entire fight scene because it's final four miles and it's beautiful yeah let's let's end it uh, Evan, do you got random notes? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I checked your notes, Jelani. Do you guys know, combining our two favorite things on this podcast, do you know the community Easter egg in this movie? I remember seeing it. Not, it's like, somebody pointed it out on Reddit, I think. And then I completely forgot to look for it when I watched this again. David, do you know what it is? Nope. Okay, Jelani, do you want to take it? Yeah, so I think it's the first scene where Miles visits Uncle Aaron, 
On the TV in the background, you can see Donald Glover getting out of bed and stretching in a Spider-Man shirt, which is a shot from the hit TV show Community. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know why it's in it, but shout out to that. Well, I think it's because there was the whole thing of, like, people wanted Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. Okay. Okay. That just came back again, by the way, because apparently a live-action Miles Morales movie is in the works. Yep. Is it going to be part of the MCU, or...? I have no clue. I kind of hope it's not. But it probably will be. No, it's. I just know it's been enough. If it will be, they have. Like, how are they gonna explain? Like, he would have to be like a preteen, right now, because Spider-Man just came into his own in the MCU. So what the hell? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the MCU is too messy at this point. Like, I, I, I'd want him to. I, I just want more of this Miles. Like. Oh yeah, starting a live action one. Like I, I'm sure we'll get it someday, and that's fine. But like, get this one right above all is my priority. I'm just glad Miles is getting. I didn't. I'm not saying I'm was the biggest fan prior to Spider Verse, but since Spider Verse, he's become my number two favorite superhero, behind Static Shock. But I'm glad he's getting the, uh, and I'm not, uh, I haven't, I, I'm not calling myself the biggest thing because I haven't read any of the comics, but um, I'm, I'm glad he's getting the shine that he is and all these other forms of media that are more, not sustainable, but pop, popular than comics and movies, games, and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to more Miles. Same. Uh, you have a, you have another note. I do one s- tiny prediction for the sequel. I noticed this time around the spider that mi- that bites Miles glitches like the other extra dimensional characters. So I'm thinking, if the spider that bit him isn't from his own dimension, maybe that means he can stay in other dimensions longer, unlike the other spider people. Could be wrong on that. Don't tell me if the trailers spoil it, but minor prediction. Otherwise, I want to predict nothing. I want to know as little as possible. I am so hyped for this sequel. Same. Likewise. Do we all have our tickets? Yeah, I'm seeing it Sunday at 10.45. I, I don't, because I don't know when I'm... I'm going to try to make it this weekend, but I don't know. You'd better. I, I really want to. I just, we I'm might not need sure to do a quick episode work. or something. I'm very quick excited. reaction yeah. episode or something on it. I'm going to go to my friend's house and we're going to watch Into the Spider-Verse tomorrow. Make a nice 31 for me. And then <laughs> push on to a cross. Hell yeah. And I can tell him to his face that it's not common. <laughs> I can't oh, he's the one. I, okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not common. Tell him to stay in med school. <laughs> Let's let's hit us hit us with the boilerplate and let's let's it's silent. It's, yeah. it's very late. It is. Um all right. Our next episode is Mission Impossible, the original one from ninety six. Uh not streaming anywhere, but go see it if you haven't, because it slaps. We have our YouTube channel with 
video essays, including one on Spider-Man um, that features Spider-Verse but is not exclusively about it. And we have a lot of other Spider-Man content. We have two podcasts yeah. on The Amazing Spider-Mans. And if you join our Patreon, you can go back and yeah. listen to me and Jelani ranting about how we feel yeah. about the Raimis. Um, unfiltered gloriousness. Very unfiltered, very unhinged. but And uh, not exactly complimentary, but it, it's a good time. Uh, $1 a month. The link for that is in the description. Uh, our logo is by Kelsey Hendry. I'm on letterboxd at ev underscore Wes. Where are both of you? Instagram, Jelani T. Kelly. Uh, Twitter. I have like 20 notifications on Twitter. I haven't checked. Uh, I think they're all just news notifications. Uh, Jelani T. Kelly there, I guess, if you want. Uh, YouTube, same thing. Jelani T. Kelly. And, um... That's, that's it. I mean, I'm I'm back on backstage acting again. I mean, I've been trying to. We'll, we'll see where that goes. So I, I don't know if you... I'm available for hire. <laughs> yeah. All right, the movie's ending. Oh. The yeah. movie's ending at the same time we're ending this. Wow, perfect timing. It's, yes, I think so. David, where I'm, are you at? I'm at Visions Academy in the dorm room hanging out oh, with Genki wow. because he didn't get oh, enough screen time Genki. in this movie and I need some Genki and across the Spider-Verse because he's crucial. Yeah. yeah. We'll see you next time. By next time, hopefully we will have seen it. I don't know what I'm doing if I haven't by next time, whenever it is. Like, yeah. I, I gotta do it. If I have to go alone, I will. I'd rather go with the group, but I'm getting there in the next few days. But all right. Uh, thank y'all for listening. And uh, Officer Dad, love you. That's all a right. copy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs>